All right, welcome back to another episode, another exciting episode of Inside Flicks. Uh, my name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. This is a movie discussion podcast where we get together and we talk about movies. We also talk about movies on streaming and also TV. We just like to talk about whatever we have recently saw or recently have seen. And we got a good one, this one. I mean, we're jam-packed. We got a couple horror movies. You know, it's Halloween season. So we had to watch a couple horror movies, and so we're going to be talking about those horror movies. But uh, I, it's funny because I was I recently saw uh, the original Exorcist. I rewatched it uh, a couple weeks oh, yeah, ago. Yeah, me too. And it's so interesting because I haven't seen it for a while. It's almost like a drama. <laughs> it's a drama. I mean, yeah, and that's another. That's a film that you know. That's like what two hours and something. Rich, you you yeah. rewatched it too with with me, right? You were there, right? right? Mm-hmm. So we all we all watched this kind of classic Exorcist film, only because you know uh, the Exorcist believer came out and it's doing which none of us have seen yet. We haven't seen that movie. It's getting horrible reviews, but it's doing pretty well in the box office. You know for what it is. Well, it was very expensive. I mean, Blumhouse spent how much on it? Like two hundred million. Yeah, and there's a planned trilogy. So you have the rights. Yeah, yeah. Two hundred million or four hundred million? I think it was four hundred, and I think. I think there's a planned trilogy, so there's two other right. films in the works, and I'm not sure if that's going to you know, transpire. Who knows? But uh, the thing I kind of got from rewatching the original Exorcist is the pacing, the slower pace, the kind of uh, the slower way to, un- uh, to tell a story, just let it unfold in front of our eyes. And because once we get to that third act in, in The Exorcist, it pays off, right? It becomes a really exciting horror movie, but it has this yeah. buildup and it has these story arcs or these character arcs. And I think once we get to that final act, uh, it becomes it's so exciting that you, you kind of forget that, oh, wait, it was a long haul to get to this point. I don't know. What was your feelings rewatching uh, The Exorcist? No, I agree with all of that. And also I think it kind of makes the kind of... Uh third act kind of feel more more grounded also because the whole movie uh you kind of get have to like you're saying build up to kind of the horror and stuff yeah <clears throat> it's a throwback movie to me i mean it's it's, a, it's just one of those classics that um i haven't seen in since the early 80s so mm-hmm. I, I hardly remember it yeah uh, i just know that i saw it basically and um I was really expecting to see the scenes that that, that that have been leaked that were from the director's cut to be um, in this feature, but uh, we but, saw the um, original cut. <laughs> yeah, the original cut is on HBO Max or whatever it was. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, but you know the picture quality and the stuff like that it was it was pretty damn good. I mean, it was just uh, yeah, it's just a classic. It's just one of those horror classics. That, do you, yeah. Do you think the movie held up? I mean, for today's audiences, you think today's audiences is gonna react to the same way as they did back uh, in the 70s only, only if they appreciate the 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 you know that that they that, that they could get into you know an old you know the the the, the time of a, a when it was shot because some people just see that with the, you know the period of, mm-hmm. the time period of, that a movie is shot mm-hmm. and they just don't get into it period they're not gonna they, they're gonna lose yeah, focus they, they just and, yeah they, you know yeah, yeah, it just stands out, you know. I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. I was thinking when I was rewatching, I was thinking about how if a younger audience is going to have the patience to see sit through this, 
and I wasn't sure. I guess it's more, it's, I guess it's more like a, a it's a, a movie for kind of film fans now at this point because I mean, yeah, you could kind of compare it to like um, like uh, like almost like like Don't Look Now or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of it, it. It's it almost feels like a movie that would be like in the like in a Criterion Collection or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's more of an art film, you know that's, what I mean? So that's, that's an interesting way to think about it because now it feels like an art film, and you know, obviously, yeah. Exorcist was like kind of the first horror movie to really elevate the genre, and I would say it's kind of the precursor of what we would call, uh, you know, art house horror. And yeah, now it, it, re- it, it really is very kind of comparable to like, you know, don't look now that the, um, the Donald Sutherland. Yeah. The Donald Sutherland movie, you know, it's, it's, it's very kind of similar tone and stuff. And like that movie, like you don't really know, like it's a lot of horror movies from back then. You don't really know it's a horror film until the end. <laughs> I guess you kind of say like, uh, like Rosemary's baby. Or yeah. Something. I mean, I think all, and maybe that's just the seventies. You know, the seventies have a certain aesthetic, and yeah. I, when I was watching The Exorcist, I go, "Oh yeah, this, this, this." There was something in the air in the seventies where filmmakers felt like they didn't need to be flashy or showy or show off their camera skills. They were much also put the omen in there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, uh, the, but the, it was particularly in The Exorcist. It, it seems like William Friedkin. Who yeah. sadly passed away this this year, but he he leaves Just recently, a, yeah. yeah, he leaves a long legacy. But it really seems like him and his, and his you know class of filmmakers were much more deliberate with their camera work. I mean, it really feels like like say Robert Altman. Altman was kind of is known for just leaving the camera and having these wide shots and having the actors kind of act in front of you. And not and and the Exorcist is not that extreme, but it, it has this sense of where it where the story was just untold, and it, it feels like we're kind of uh, peeking into these people's lives, and uh, it becomes I guess a little bit more intimate. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just mention the makeup on it; it still holds up. I mean, Max von Sydow. I go, wow, that's, he's, he looks exactly a, how he was. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Rich was telling me, like, oh, man, this, how old is this guy? Man? <laughs> and I had to tell him that, no, that's uh, old-ass makeup, that uh, Dick Smith, the, the legendary mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, special effects makeup guy, uh, made him look older because his, his character is supposed to be older. Um, and, then, you know, it's so good that now he looks exactly what he looked like in the in the 90s, you know, when he was about the same age, about the age as <laughs> his character. Are Ellen Burstein and Linda Blair the only surviving people from The Exorcist? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Did the cops survive? Uh, the lieutenant? Yeah, did he? You mean in real life? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, the character. Oh. Isn't that what you're talking about? No, I think no, in, I meant in real life, like actors. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Well, it's so funny because, like, they, they were, you know, Exorcist, and maybe this is true with all kind of classic horror movies, that they people like to say this movie is cursed, you know, and the, you know there oh, was just old. <laughs> the, there was this was kind of a, a a cursed production. Oh well, yeah, the 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 it's set fire, right? Yeah, the the the, the set was set on fire, and had to rebuild it. It was prolonged. What's the story behind that? How that how that fire started? Who started it? Started <laughs> maybe and maybe it's Puzuzu or whatever. But uh, no, I think a couple a couple actors in the film died before for before the movie was released. I believe oh, that wow. the filmmaker who 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 is the first one to be thrown out the window. 
the actor who plays the filmmaker in that in that movie. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. He died in real life in a, I think a car accident right before the movie was released, and also um, the younger priest's mother who dies in the movie, but she actually died I think either after the movie was released or right before I don't know, but it, yeah, yeah, and, and it seems like you know uh, uh, Linda B- Blair had like uh, permanent you know uh, back injury, uh, uh, Ellen Burstyn had like. Injuries, you know, there was a it was a yeah, hard shoot. I mean, it was a hard shoot. Those are, I mean, those stunts were like um, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nowadays, but still, yeah, they could have just sped the camera a little. <laughs> could have cranked the camera up the speed, or just use a stunt double. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, it was. Uh, it's yeah. yeah that's that seventies filmmaking for you. Or, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, the. Exorcist. We didn't plan to talk about that, but yeah, I mean, it's it's horror. It's a horror season, and we got uh, uh, we got a couple ones. We, we're going to be talking about Body Bags, which is a, the John Carpenter uh, '90s anthology film that I think aired on Showtime. I think it was a Showtime um, exclusive, or it was a, it was originally going to be a TV series, like a, a tale, a Tales from the Crypt mm-hmm. kind of a creep show type of TV show, but uh, they decided. We'll just do it as a one-off movie, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it definitely felt like a uh, pilot for for a possible series. Yeah, and uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, the I guess it's the twentieth anniversary House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh yeah, twentieth, right? Yeah, so it's the twentieth anniversary of Rob Zombie's feature film debut, The House of a Thousand Corpses, and we're going to be talking about that as well. Uh, but before that, Rich. Talk about some of the things you've been watching recently. Yeah, and we also watched on Amazon the the new uh, thriller from Nanachka Khan, uh, um, Totally Killer, and that's um, Nanachka Khan who the did the, the 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 recent movie Always Be My Maybe, uh, which was uh, we also you know praised and appreciated. And um, let's start talking about this film right away. Well, I mean, totally killer. It's I think that's a it's a, it's on Amazon, right? That's an Amazon original, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this I guess they have described this as Back to the Future meets Scream, which is uh, I would say it's uh, an apt description. Yeah, but, this is a quick description that's on IMDb. When the infamous Sweet Sixteen killer returns thirty five years after his first murder spree to claim another victim, seventeen year old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987, determined to stop the killer before he can start. And, uh, and who's the main star in this one? Uh, it's Kiernan Shipka. And she's from uh, um, Sabrina, right? The Netflix Sabrina series. And so, and this is like also a James or Jason Blum produce a comedy, horror comedy. Yeah, which surprisingly he hasn't, he hasn't really promoted at all. Yeah, he's much busier trying to <laughs> promote uh, Exorcist, the believer. But mm-hmm. and then, you know he doesn't have to actually promote this. He already probably got his money, right? They Amazon bought, uh, bought it, right? So there's no need to promote it. He has his money. Sure, right? Whatever, man. <laughs> uh, let me start with Raymond. What's your thoughts? Because I think out of us three, you probably did not like this, or you maybe have more criticisms with 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 the well, movie. Well, well, you guys watch. Did before me or or i guess we we probably tried watching this or around the same time mm-hmm. i just watched like the first like 30 minutes and i didn't like it but um i i i re-watched the movie today or i, I watched it i watched it today and um 
here's the problem with the movie for me. I just don't think it's funny, right? Okay. I think the movie is just like, you know, as a comedy, it completely fails. And I think it's more focused on trying to be a comedy than a horror film or a sci-fi movie. But I actually think the story, you know, kind of was pretty clever. And, and I kind of like how they they do some stuff with time travel that I haven't seen done in other movies. And I like that aspect of the movie. So I, I would give the movie like a, a C plus. I just wish the movie was funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a very typical kind of a sitcom level type of comedy, which is fine. And we actually, in our last episode, we we talked about how much we kind of despise the, the recent comedies. And I, I so I was, you know, walking into this one thinking, man, I probably would not like this. And I was surprised mm. at how much I actually liked the comedy in the movie. It's yes, it's very much a throwback to a sitcom uh, or like a that type of level of comedy. It's almost a spoofy thing. Uh, for me, yeah. it worked because I think it. I, I was making. <laughs> I think it in a, in a way it was kind of making fun of the main character how how much she thinks she she was out of place in the. It's it's a little bit like a fish out of water scenario when she goes back in time. You know, like she has problems with like um, the PE uh, sequence where she's playing <laughs> dodgeball and she's saying how violent that that is and like I. Well, I think in a way it was kind of almost making fun of this new generation. I don't know. Maybe that's just me kind of putting my own personal thoughts into I it. I just, I just thought the humor in it was too obvious. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very broad, spoofy kind of comedy that it it, it works. I, you know what? I was right. I was in the mood for it. You know, I was uh, I was in the right mood for it. I was uh, I needed a kind of laugh. It was you know, it's Halloween. It's a kind of a horror movie. And I kind of liked the horror aspect to it. I didn't think I, oh, I thought it was going to be a little cheaper with the with the horror thing, but I think it did a pretty well, a pretty decent job with the kind of the slasher aspect to it. Uh, I don't know what's your, what's your thoughts on the slasher aspect, uh, Raymond? It, it's fine. I mean, there's not a lot of, a lot of it, uh, but I, a movie that I would personally like recommend that I think is like. Um, a better kind of horror comedy, and I think in a similar vein, I, I would recommend um, Final Girls. Yeah, 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 I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a much better movie, and um, that does have some laughs. And uh, I want to look up the right title. It's the title. Yeah, it's the Final Girls from 2015. Yeah, right. That, that I think that's a better, a more effective version of this movie. I agree. I agree. I think that's a much better film than, than this one. I like the final girls also because um, I really thought uh, that was where I really saw Tessa Farmiga, um, uh -huh. uh, Vera Farmiga's sister, sister or niece or something like that. No, it's her younger sister, much younger sister. sister. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where I, uh, I first noticed her um, stand out uh, performance wise, uh -huh. and uh, that one, um, yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, to but totally killer, I really didn't expect much from it going into it and I, I i enjoyed it through and through mm. um it kind of reminded me of the the not not as not as funny as um uh um what's that cabin in the woods comedy um tucker and dale versus evil or that i mean that type of comedy um which i enjoy the the comedy horror i mean that's like i, like I didn't movie. i didn't know i didn't know you know was gonna be as funny going in and it turned out to be hilarious stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. But uh, I just appreciated that I was uh, that I was the, the second runner up from the Nacha Khan, and I just wonder, um, just just you know, 
just seeing how how poorly uh, Amazon Prime is promoting it, because I, I think I, I still think it's deserved a lot more promotion, and uh, it's it's still worthy of a watch, especially on streaming. I will say the direct the direct is solid. I think the cast is good. I just don't. I, I just think the humor wise, the script is you know. Well, I think if you if you if you really are from you know the eighties like we were, I mean you appreciate it more. No, I mean I got the inside jokes. I I I mean it's a broad kind of jokes about the eighties and stuff. You know, like uh, a woman is says like. Uh, I forgot what she's something like. I, I want to do cocaine, or I can't remember. But it was like kind of stupid. But you know, I, it's 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 dumb. It's it's dumb kind of comedy. You don't. You, I I think the way I really appreciate it is like kind of like it didn't it didn't um, cheap out on the on the horror aspect to it. They they did. It is a slasher film. You know, it oh, it's is funnier like, than Cocaine Bear and all that. Yeah, it's definitely. Funny. I like Cocaine Bear. I like Cocaine Bear more. Oh yeah. really. <laughs> Look, it's not it's not like the greatest film, and certainly, but I and certainly it's not something I'm going to probably remember, <laughs> you know. But uh, for streaming original, I think it's pretty it's pretty solid. For that's yeah, my taste. No, exactly. I mean, it's it, for for a streaming film, it's it's it deserves to be um, found. I mean, it's it's going to be hard to find because it's on Amazon. No one, like I said, no one's promoting it, and it deserves to be at least given a chance to 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 start watching it and go ahead and see if you'd like it. Because you, if you like the first ten minutes, you'll you'll finish it. Uh, Unless you're Raymond. <laughs> no, well, he he did finish it, and he respects certain aspects to it. Uh, but do you think that's something wrong with Amazon? Like how Amazon's original films that it's very hard to kind of find what where their new films are or what they even have. Netflix does the same thing. Right. But don't you think Amazon is even worse than Netflix Mm -hmm. at least? Mm -hmm. I mean, at least when you hit Netflix, like some of the, you know what, what movies come out that week. On Amazon, I can't, on Amazon, I can't even find my, like my watch list or whatever. (laughs) Like everything's difficult to find on there. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally backwards thinking uh, or, or, you know, interface or whatever. It's just, it's not, it's not great. It's not great. I mean, how many people even know that the burial, the new oh, Jamie yeah. Foxx film, the burial, came out this week? And oh, that came out. Yeah, that came out. <laughs> we actually, me and Richard actually saw it, and it's a new legal drama that stars Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee, Tommy Jones. Lee Jones. And who who know who knew that? You know who, who who's talking about it? And then like I think it's just these movies are just going. Under the radar and, and and it's just going getting lost. Like you think it's an awards contender? No, I think it's a solid kind of legal film. It's it's definitely a throwback to to the nineties because nineties had a lot of legal stuff. Tommy Lee right. Jones was in in the client, right? So it's, it's that's a, there's a connection there. Uh, I I think there's there's something about it that it's appealing. The the a burial the burial has some really appealing parts. I think it's a mm-hmm. pretty pretty decent screenplay at, at times it's pretty funny here's another movie that's uh has some like funny parts in it it's not necessarily an all drama there's some uh light moments uh i thought jamie fox is pretty good i think tommy lee jones is pretty solid um i don't know rich what was your thoughts on the burial yeah i think uh, it's a pretty damn good uh dramedy but there are some funny moments in it just yeah, but uh, overall, the acting all op- uh, the acting overall was very well. I mean, uh, 
the newcomer um uh Mamadou uh Afi um who who plays a young uh black uh, uh, uh lawyer did a phenomenal job i guess he uh, does a voice in elemental mm-hmm. um and he was in jurassic world dominion for a small part i guess um yeah he's in a um he was in um the front runner which i liked a lot oh okay where it were him i liked him in, and i liked him in this one he's also in a netflix original film that came out a couple of years ago called uncorked and i i liked his performance he's he was the main star in that and you know, I I liked him a lot, and I, and yeah, he, he is he's good in this one too. I, I liked everyone. I liked the casting. This this is directed by Maggie Betts, and uh, this, I think this is her second feature film. And I think there's a promising career here. Uh, it, it, it because they're dealing with black lawyers, and you know, this is it's a case. It, it's set in the nineties, so it's it's. It's black lawyers set in in the Mississippi South, uh, a black uh, community is doing the the trial. So there is a lot of uh, race comes up, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it did it. I think it approached the idea of race pretty well. Uh, I thought, but there was moments where I go, I don't know if if I I don't know if that's necessary. Uh, but then it then again it kind of like. I think it, there's enough nuance here where it, it does the race stuff pretty well, but for instance, like the the Journey Smollett, who's who's in the movie, she plays like kind of the the lawyer for the corporate that the the corporate uh, company that they're, they're fighting against, mm-hmm. and she's brought in because she's a black woman, and you know they're trying to appease uh, or they're trying to appeal to the black uh, or predominantly black uh, um, jury jury, and. I think they try, they're tipping toeing over her character because I think in most movies she would be come off as the villain. And I think they're Or, tr- or a love interest. Yeah, which, but the, that didn't. But, the, but didn't they happen. already already had, you know, Jamie Foxx was married, and Jamie Foxx's character was married to uh, Gloria, who, who was played by Amanda Warren, who was really, really good in her part also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good cast. It was a really great cast. But I'm saying that uh, they. I I think there was an intention to not vilify her character, uh, Journey Smollett's character, which I think was the wrong thing to do. I mean, she is a the lawyer to the uh, to the corporation. She is you know she is she is you know su- supporting the evil corporation. Just make her the villain. And I think because mm-hmm. she's you know they're they're saying that uh, she's just doing her job. Blah blah blah. I don't know. I think you, you could easily just make her the villain and it'd be fine. Um, other than that, I think there was, there's some things that, um, was very good about it. I mean, I love the, the, the chemistry between, between, uh, Jamie Foxx and Tommy Lee Jones and Tommy Lee Jones is really, really playing <laughs> it down. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's barely moving in this movie. <laughs> he's a lot yeah, older he's, now, but he's I a think, lot closer to the burial than you think. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, uh, um, he is, he did a choice here to not to do a lot of, uh, Facial expressions. I don't know if that maybe that's not a choice. I don't know. Maybe that's just yeah. him. But it yeah. felt like he was like much older in this part. And Jamie Foxx is the kind of uh, the uh, uh, the charismatic character who's like uh, talking mile a minute. He's the flashy uh, lawyer ca- character. There's a yeah. lot of things to like about it. If you like '90s legal films, '80s legal films, legal dra- dramas, courtroom dramas. Uh, this is definitely a throwback to that, and I think people would, li- if you like those movies, you probably would like the burial. 
which is if you could find it, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go to the main attraction now. Let's talk about body bags. John Carpenter's body bags. Mm-hmm. Rich, tell us a, a a little bit about it. This film was made in 1993, and it's three short stories in the horror genre. The first is about a serial killer. The second about a hair transplant gone wrong. And the third is about a baseball player who uh, gets uh, an eye replacement. And uh, Raymond, you kind of suggested that we should watch this. Was this a movie that you just saw to this year, or or did you see this a while ago, or what's your relationship to this movie with with this movie? I saw it, I think, like ten years ago. Okay, a long time ago. Okay. Well, I should first say that it's directed by three different directors. The chapters, first being John Carpenter, the second one being Toby Hooper, and the last one being Larry Sulkis. Oh, really? I thought they were all John. I thought uh, one of them was Toby Hooper, and the other two were John Carpenter. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. It says uh, The Gas Station is directed by John Carpenter. Uh-huh. Hair is directed by John Carpenter. And Eye is directed by Toby Hooper. Yeah. Okay, so this, this guy, the last guy was uncredited in IDB. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, Raymond, you were give, give us actually a little bit of history of body bags. You were saying that this was initially a pitch for a anthology series for Showtime. Yeah, that's what I, from my understanding, it was originally going to attend it to be like a kind of a Tales from the Crypt kind of creep show type series with like John Carpenter being like the, the Crypt Keeper. And um, um, I and I think, you know, as a as a pilot or whatever, it, it's pretty fantastic. I think the, the, the first story is probably the weakest. It's pretty kind of just standard slasher. But the other two kind of have like real kind of a creep show uh aesthetic and stuff and kind of story about kind of these kind of a uh, i guess greed and 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 both it's well the the first one's about you know a, a person with thinning hair and mm-hmm. uh, or i guess the, the 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 main one i like is about a person with thinning hair and then the other great one is about uh a, a baseball player that loses his eye okay so let's and, let's let's rank it let's rank these three films i mean these three short short tales uh, I would say, like you, I think Hair is like kind of the funniest one. That's the one with uh, um, yeah. uh, Stacey Keach and yeah. Sheena Easton. I, I didn't realize Sheena <laughs> Easton was in, in this cast. Uh, she's a, a singer in the 80s and 90s. Uh, oh. And so, and Debbie Harry is in, in, in the Hair as well. She has a small part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the funniest. I, You know what? I, I disagree. I think the gas station is pretty good. I like yeah. I like the gas station a lot. Really, I think it's a decent. It's the it's the weakest for me, but I like it's it. the most. I mean, t- it's got it's a lot of cameos. Typical, yeah, it's the most typical slasher guy. You know, someone's with an axe on the loose. You know, uh, someone who uh, a gas attendant or I mean, a, clerk. It's a fun performance from uh, Robert Carradine. Yes, 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 uh, and. Uh, but I mean, everyone's giving a fun performance in this. I mean, like Stacey Keach, Mark Hamill. I mean, John Carpenter. Come, come on. <laughs> and the eye, I would say the eye actually is the most like these kind of uh, Tales from the Crypts or whatever. Eye is kind of the most kind of like EC comics. Mm-hmm. You know, a baseball player loses his eye in a car crash, uh, played by Mark Hamill from Star Wars fame, and and he gets an eye implant and. The eye comes from a um, a convict or, or a serial killer, and so he gets flashes of 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 violence and and carnage, and he becomes you know he almost becomes the serial killer, uh, reincarnated in in a way. 
I that's to me that feels a little bit more like an EC Comics, you know, kind of the you know the, the, the a typical story that you would find in these uh, horror anthology films or mm-hmm. series. And I, but to me, I think the the most fun I had was with the gas station. I I love the hair part. I think that was a laugh a riot. I I, I love Stacy Keach's performance in this. He was fantastic. That's up there with, uh, and you know, I, I was actually quite shocked at how much I, I really enjoyed this anthology film. Uh, Rich, give me your rank the, these three tales, these horror tales. Yeah, I enjoyed the uh, exactly how it went through uh, the 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 gas attendant. I enjoyed the most, uh, and then the hair, and then uh, the eye, whatever. That was the um, least least favorite of yours. Yeah, your favorite actor. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, but the gas station, I, I enjoyed the direction best, uh, probably best, and the most comedy out of it or whatever was probably the cameos. So that's was, was the biggest laughs. Um, but uh, there was actual comedy in Stacey Keach's uh, uh, short, which is which is true, and that's the. Um, but uh, the, I like the direction one on the first one because it, it kind of reminded me of um, David Cope's uh, short film. That we saw a while back, the Suspicious, mm-hmm. which was another gas station uh, short starring uh, Janine Garofalo and uh, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, yeah. And if you could find that one, I really uh, recommend that one. But um, that's hard to find. I've been looking for that on YouTube for a long time, and, and yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's like buried. <laughs> I don't know where you can find it. Yeah, uh, like you said, the Stacy Keach is probably the the funniest. Uh, one for sure and uh entertainment wise maybe even better Mm -hmm. but uh um yeah and uh uh, unfortunately uh, mark hamill's uh one was just was just um it was just too uh it it just felt felt like too it felt too 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 tv right too yeah like too too, um mediocre basically okay uh raymond so you were saying that gas station your favorite. So you would rank. How would you rank uh, the, these three uh, horror? Uh, yeah, for me, for me, hair hair is the best. Then I would go. Um, uh, I actually the, the eye, and then um, and then the gas station. I agree with Rich with the gas station because the gas station had a whole bunch of cameos that I didn't <laughs> think they were gonna have. Now, so we should say that it's filled with all horror directors cameos. Oh, even uh, David uh, Nodden from a. Uh, um, Oh, American a werewolf in London. He he has a appearance too. But you get an appearance. You get a guest appearance by Wes Craven. I believe Toby Hooper shows up. Sam Raimi has a a really cool cameo. Uh, but also a couple of character actors in that one. Very simple, you know, about a a, a clerk, a, a late night clerk at the gas station who, and then. I, I love that, that there's a little kind of inside joke there or inside um, Easter egg about how it's set in Haddonfield, <laughs> which is the same setting of a Halloween. Um, and yeah, it, uh, a serial killer is on the loose and it's the main character in that one is a young woman who is, uh, this is her first day on the job and it's a horrible day. <laughs> what a horrible first day. Uh, it's a, It's pretty fun. I, I liked it enough, but I gotta say, like Stacy Keach performance, without a doubt, is like kind of the best performance of the whole uh, anthology series. He is having so much fun. 
it, I think it takes a lot of balls because it's dealing about how, how much he ha- is losing his hair, you know, and how much, you know, because that's his hair. <laughs> He's going thin and and he has to at one point put on a wig or, you know, he grows hair and he goes to a hair transplant procedure, experimental procedure. Then the hair goes out of control and becomes the whole episode almost feels like a live action Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Oh, that's so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think the 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 gas station was more like um um more like an Amazing Stories, mm. and mm. and uh, the second one was more like a creep show, and um the third one's probably Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, or yeah, or Tales from the Dark Side maybe. Um, yeah, Tales from the Dark Side. Um, do why you think they didn't push? Or go through, go, um, go with a series. I mean, this felt like I mean, like there were a, probably uh, just too many of them at the time, right? Maybe, maybe because there was also goosebumps going on for children, and mm-hmm. I mean, this uh, this is this, so this, this is 1993. I, I guess I mean, Creepshow was still going, right? Yeah, Creepshow was still was going. Still, I think at yeah. this point they were making the movie. Was that the movie? Movie came out this year, or the 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 one know. with Billy Zane. Uh, Maybe it was next year or 94 or something like that. But yeah, it was definitely Tales from the Crypt was the one that was everybody was was um, watching at the time. So maybe they didn't want to, I don't know. Maybe it was too much. I don't know. Let's talk about some of the, the John Carpenter intro stuff, you know, because he introduces, mm. he plays the, the coroner and he, he's trying to be kind of the host of the these body right. bag tales. What do you what is he the right guy to play that? I, to me, I don't think it was that. I don't think he should have been that character. It, I yeah. thought he did a good job. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Rich, well, it's only because you know he's uh, John Carpenter, right? I mean, right. It, it, I I think um, I like the writing of it. I mean, there were the, he is doing skits. He's you know putting out doing comedy. <laughs> and, he's, and like uh, like the like I mentioned before in The Exorcist, I thought the makeup. <laughs> Was spot on. I mean, I think they uh, use very he, little he, makeup on this one. Yeah, this one, this one, he's, he's supposed to be aged or whatever. Yeah, he looks uh, like a zo- he's supposed to be a zombie or something. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be one of the bodies in in the, mm-hmm. the morgue who's now talking. But I I I don't know. It, it, you know, it's funny because if you if you see John Carpenter in real life, you would say that that guy, you know, has a distinct look. To, you know, what I mean. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like a zombie in real life a little bit, you know. You know, he smokes a lot, so maybe that's the reason why he has that kind of, uh, you know, fate, uh, you know, that kind of look. Um, and so to see him in like as a as a like kind of a zombie, uh, it, it, I just start cracking up because I go, I know that only took an hour to make, <laughs> maybe thirty minutes at most. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I think it, it was a look. It's a fun thing. It's great to see John Carpenter uh, doing it. He's having a good time. Yeah, he's having it? a good time. He's having a good time. So it's not. It's not. It's not. I, I don't hold it against the. I, I don't hold that against the movie. I think the. I just think it, if this was to go to a series, I think maybe they they could have, you know, use someone else or use a, you know, maybe go full corpse or something like kind of Tales from mm-hmm. the Crypt style. I I I wish it had gone to series because I would have loved to have seen a whole season of him playing this character. <laughs> I wonder if that bum that shows up in uh, the gas station was an homage to his, the same part that he was doing in Back to the Future. Oh, who's that? It was the, who? same, it was the same actor, the bum, in Back to the Future. 
Yeah, what was his name? Was it George Bud? Buck Flowers? The actor? Yeah. Yeah. So George, yeah. okay, I'm reading his uh, Wikipedia page. Because of his gruff appearance, he's often cast as a drunk or homeless character. Uh, director John Carpenter gave Flowers Flower a uh, cameo role in several films he made throughout the 1980s. So he's kind of like his go-to guy for, for homeless people. <laughs> George Buck Flowers, he's, he's not just an actor. He's also a writer, producer, assistant director, a public or a production manager, and a casting director. So this guy's, you know, been doing a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I th- at first I thought that was Toby Hooper in the in the in the the gas station short, but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, Raymond, t- t- besides Stacy Keach, who obviously is probably uh, we all agree that he's probably gives the best performance. What's some of the kind of standout performances in, in the in in this in this anthology series or anthology film? Well, for me, it's John Carpenter, but um, <laughs> I, I I guess like. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mentioned him earlier, but Robert Carradine's, you know, great in it as mm-hmm. the as the clerk at the gas station. Uh, Greg Nicotero's uh, great at waving his hair around. <laughs> yeah, uh, Greg uh, Nicotero, who's you know, I guess most famously known for now as the Walking Dead uh, special effects guy, producer, director too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a really quick uh, cameo here because he has long, beautiful hair. And Stacey Keach is, uh, admires him from afar and go, oh, man, my, why my hair is not like that? Uh, Rich, what was some of the kind of fa- your favorite por- for performances that that that, uh, that was featured in, in this film? Tom Arnold? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, probably David Warner, uh, who plays a doctor in here. Mm. I mean. Um, He's uh, the one who, uh, um, who's the founder of the hair plant, uh, experimental mm-hmm. hair plant program, which gives mm-hmm. Steve, St- Stacey Keach. His beautiful locks. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Even though I think the eye portion or the eye segment is, you know, maybe the the weakest link, but I still enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed Mark Hamill's performance in this. He plays a oh, yeah. baseball player gets a... who gets his eye eye injury and he has to replace the eye, and then he slowly becomes the serial killer. He gives like some of the best eye performances <laughs> I've ever seen in this in in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in cinema. I mean, he his eyes. You know, he has different eyes because of the uh, operation, which gives him a creepy look. Sometimes they're bloodshot, which is even creepier look. And he, I don't know, I don't know if he is looking in a, at a camera or looking at the mirror, or he played this out in in his trailer. But it seems like he knows how to open his eyes wide when he needs to, and it made it look like he is crazy. And especially when you got those two different colors, sometimes bloodshot. I'm like, damn, that's really great eye acting, <laughs> if you can say it. It's great eye acting. Yeah, when I make Mark Hamill, I'm going to be like, hey, you were great in body bags. <laughs> He's going to be like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> he goes, thank you. I did a lot of uh, – I did I, went to I did a, a lot of stuff I don't remember. <laughs> I went to an acting coach for my eye work. Thank you. <laughs> Do you think he would remember that? I am sure. I think, uh, I think it, it's – you know what? Sadly, I think it's probably one of his most stretchiest performances. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like anything we've seen him do before. He has an accent. He has a southern accent he uses. Yeah, and I think he mm-hmm. he he's good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I it's I I ranked it lower than everything else, but I think it's a good a good little segment to end on. 
And it's not that I was actually quite so shocked and surprised about this movie because I thought I was gonna not hate it, but I think I thought I thought it was gonna feel outdated or it's gonna feel ex, you know extremely nineties. And it actually, it actually in a good way it does remind me of how cool some of those anthology, horror anthology uh, shows were in the nineties. So it has that kind of cool nostalgia, but yeah, um, yeah I, I, I was shocked at how 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 good it was. Now, now I thought I never saw this 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 bloody bags before, but once I got to the hair uh, segment, I go, oh shit! I do remember watching this a long time ago, cool. in late night cable, and I do remember Mark Hamill's eye uh, segment too. But I did not remember the gas station, but I do remember both of those segments. And I, it was a long time ago, you know, like probably late night cable watch <laughs> years ago. But I do, I do remember it, and that says that says something. <laughs> Just I agree with you uh, about Mark Hamill. I, for, I forgot to mention him, but yeah, he, I, I do think he gives one of the standout performances in the anthology. Yeah, he does. He does. He does deserve more on screen work uh, other than just being mostly get, um, voice acting. Which he uh, obviously he's a, a master in, also. Yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's funny because I'm watch right now I'm watching the uh, the fall of House of Usher, mm-hmm. which is the new horror miniseries on Netflix from uh, Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't seen like the previous Mike Flanagan's miniseries, but in this one, this new one, the House of Usher, um, Mark Hamill's in it. He's part of the cast. Yeah. And he's playing this really kind of tough uh, lawyer slash enforcer, you know. He, he has this rough look. He doesn't say much. He kind of gives this grimace. And then I go, oh, man, it's such a weird because I just saw him in body bags. And I go, man, he's, you know, give this guy some more work. <laughs> you know, he, he could, he's much more than just Luke Skywalker. He, he could do some other stuff, you know. He's much more than Bert Kreischer's dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, we, you know, he was so great in Bigsby Bear, you know, uh, and I, oh, thought, I forgot about that. I, I, and I really thought after Bigsby Bear was going to, you know, when that came out and I really loved that movie. Was that before or after, uh, Kingsman first? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was, I think it was right around the same time because, you know, the new Star Wars films came out mm-hmm. and he was, had this resurgent. And he was doing a lot of stuff, but I think the one of the better films that came out during that time was Bigsby Bear, and he was so good in it. And I go for sure, this is it. This is gonna like kind of relaunch him again, and not really. Mm-hmm. But you know, luckily he's on this um, the House of a uh, the Fall of the House of the Usher, which is a long ass title. But you know, it's, it's it's so far I'm only two two episodes in and it's it's good enough i i liked it I, i'm i'm watching it I'm, i like it so far um all right let's move on to rob zombie's debut uh house of a thousand corpses which is now i think this year is marking its 20th anniversary and it, you know i, I rewatched it and uh, raymond you just rewatched it or you you this is your one of your favorite movies right or one of your fa- certainly one of your favorite uh, rob zombie movies I mean, look, this isn't a great movie, but this is definitely <laughs> one of my favorite horror movies. Okay. And is that because it's such a homage to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Because Texas Chainsaw that's Massacre part is of one, it. one of your favorite, that's, is your favorite horror that, movie, right? That's definitely part of it. 
and it, a lot of it's definitely nostalgia because I used to watch this movie late at night on cable when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and it always felt like I was watching something that I shouldn't have been watching. <laughs> so there's there's always like a certain appeal to that. Um, but I I I I, I truly think this is a, a just a, a very unique horror film because of Rob Zombie's direction. I think he kind of directs it almost like a music video, and while it's his most like. I think you could say his most inexperienced movie. I think that just kind of adds a lot of charm to it. And I and for me the movie the movie holds up and um I I watch it a lot, I guess. I yeah, definitely every Halloween. Well, unlike you, um I avoid this a lot. <laughs> and I'm not going to I didn't bother watch rewatching this. Why you you're not a big Rob Zombie fan or at uh, least- of his music? <laughs> I'm a fan. Or his early music, actually, but um, but no, uh, as as director, I think he he's the new Udo Kier, whatever. What was, what was well, his name? No, Udo Kier is a good character actor. Is oh, sorry, uh, no, no, Yuli uh, Bull. Yuli Bull. I got those <laughs> guys mixed that, up. Probably not that bad. <laughs> oh come on, he's he's he might as well be. He's uh, after the monsters, he uh, lost yeah, a after lot the of monsters. Fun. I mean. Uh, I, he's nothing but a, a lighting artist. That's all. I mean, well, I mean, uh, that's something. That's more okay, to say whatever. about Uwe Boll's movies. All right, all right, but, but uh, stick to stick to music videos. Well, that's let, let me ask you, Rich. Let me ask you this: about two thousand three, this is twenty years ago, and mm-hmm. do you think some of the horror movies? Because a lot of the horror movies that came out at that time. Mm-hmm. was inspired by or, or or maybe riding the wave of the success of of saw and, yeah and cabin fever yeah and they're kind of the was the resurgence of kind of that 70s grindhouse horror now do you think like rob zombie was kind of one of the first ones to really capitalize on that genre and and i mean because like house of a thousand courts is purely all grindhouse yeah it, it just they just enjoy pushing the limit, and that's all. All it is. <laughs> I mean, they don't. I mean, if they can put their creativity on uh, kills or whatever, then that's all they need. Mm-hmm. Um, well, surprisingly, there's really not that many kills in the movie. I mean, it's not. It's not a very scary movie. I mean, yeah. you just watched it, Mike, right? Yeah, I did, and then it's it's it, well, it's it almost. I didn't realize how much <laughs> plays out like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It centers but, over, but the acting is horrific. That's the most. That's I, the most you know horrible. I'm movie. I'm shocked that the acting in in House of the Thousand Corpses is not that bad at all. Even someone like say, uh, 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 Chris, Chris Hardwick. Hardwick. <laughs> Chris Hardwick, well, he's playing an asshole, or he's playing like a, a irritating asshole, and he's perfect. <laughs> he's perfect. I don't know. If, <laughs> maybe he's not acting that much, but I mean, he's perfect. Ray Rain Wilson. I think this is before uh, the Office, and he, you know, this is a very young Rain Wilson. He's He's good. He's good in it, and the whole cast is good. Sig Haig. Oh well, Sig Haig is. Sig Sig Haig is fucking. He has the opening scene in the in the movie, where he gets robbed. Uh, You know, Sig Haig plays a uh, what's his character's name? Captain Captain Spalding. Spalding. So he's the owner of a gas station slash horror museum, and slash fried chicken joint. Fried chicken joint, right? And 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 and. The opening scene is where uh, a couple people starts to two two robbers, mask robbers uh, tries to uh, rob him, and of course he turns the tables on on the on the two robbers, and he's like fuck your mom, <laughs> fuck your mother, fuck your sister, you know, and I'm and like 
these are horrible uh, dialogue, but he's able to mm-hmm. pull it off in such a way that I go, I love this character. I love Captain Spaulding. And uh, and I just love Sick. Hey, I, I you know I, I didn't appreciate his performance before twenty years ago. I do now. The same goes with uh, Bill uh, Mosley, who who I you know I didn't realize because I just watched uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two just what what two three years two two years ago for the first time, and basically it's the extension of Tip Top or is it Tip Top? Chop Top. What he's doing here is basically an extension of that character, and he's great. Yeah, you know he's great. These are all showcases for for these uh, character actors, these B character actors or B horror character actors. I I agree, and there's also a lot a lot of other uh, uh, great great performances from from other character actors in the film, like uh, like Karen Black as as, yeah. as the mother. <laughs> yes, and and and. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's pretty solid in the Even film. Even Sherry uh, Moon, I think oh. this is her first time acting. She's uh, uh, Rob Zombie's uh, uh, partner, romantic partner. I don't think they're married. I, don't, I think they, I think they don't agree. I don't think they agree. I don't think they like marriage, right? I remember them talking about that on Howard Stern that they will never get married because they don't believe in the in marriage. But anyway, Sherry Moon, who's uh, basically basically his wife. But she kisses Sherry Moon zombie. Oh, maybe they are married. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they are married. I don't know. Who knows? But Sherry Moon zombie is really good. She's great. And I I haven't seen um, Lord of Salem. Yeah, that's her best performance. That's her best performance. That's, is that Rob Zombie's best kind of, quote unquote, well, real movie? You know? I guess. I mean, it, it, it's basically like to me, kind of like Rob Zombie's version of a 1970s horror film. So kind of like all that stuff we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. but with that still kind of that having that kind of Rob Zombie aesthetic mm-hmm. and feel. But it is essentially him doing like a 1970s kind of like almost like a a witch movie in the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's go back to 20 years ago when you're what? How old you're like? 10 years, 15, 12, you're 12 years old. Yeah. You were 40 years yeah. ago. You were 40 years. To, I don't, I'm not good with math. You were 40 years when you first saw this. No. So you, you, you were, so you're 10 years old. When this, yeah, I was 10 years old <laughs> when this movie came out. So right? oh, wait, let me, let me, uh, uh, 11. Okay. So you were 11 years old. You were, you're pushing 40. You were, <laughs> And so you were watching this movie for the first time. Do you you didn't you didn't watch this in theaters, did you? No, I watched it on. Um, it must have been like Stars or Cinemax. Oh, okay, so one of those movie channels. Okay, so yeah. once it got into, uh, uh, so did you even heard about like uh, Rob Zombie and you know? I knew who Rob Zombie was. I knew who Rob Zombie was. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I, I if I you know made the relation that he made a movie. Okay. And I, I know you told us about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre that you saw that very young when you were like very young. Yeah, around this time, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Around this time. Okay. Uh, but but I remember uh, I I just say this in front. I remember um, before I watched House of a Thousand Corpses, I remember seeing Dad watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll I'll just say that for fun, you know. This is a movie that Dad has seen. <laughs> it's a good move. And, um, it's a good move. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Zombie. Uh, we, we should also uh, mention that there's a, a young uh, Walton Goggins in this movie. Yes, very I, young. I Walton totally Goggins. forgot that he was in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so 
back then, I mean, were you, were you a big horror fan back in, I mean, early? I know? was getting into horror at that time. Okay. That's when I was really getting into it. So this is probably one of the first movies that kind of launched you into the horror genre to really kind of seek out horror movies, right? Yeah, I think I was already like a big fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the original and, and the remake. And I think this kind of just like fit in. I, I guess I just watched it at the right time. And I love I love the ending of this movie. I wish the ending of this movie was extended. That's probably the thing I hate most about uh, The Devil's Rejects because The Devil's Rejects, I think, in all and it's probably like most people consider it a better movie. I, I know Rob Zombie considers it a better film, and it it is a better film. Right. But I like that this movie had that. It, it's almost like a monster movie in a way. It's like the the third act of this movie with like Doctor Satan and all that. Like it's. It's not even the third act. It's just the ending of the movie, but it's 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 pretty out there. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's, it, and um, the the second the second movie, Devil's Rejects, is more more grounded. It doesn't they kind of just retcon all that stuff. <laughs> well, the, I yeah. guess the Devil Rejects is more a traditional kind of grindhouse revenge thriller. Yeah, or actually fugit- fugitives on the run. I guess you could say. Um, yeah. Um, but the House of Thousand Corpses, if, and, and when I was saying that it follows beat for beat the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is because it centers around a group of of, of college kids. They're writing a book about sideshow attractions or roadside attractions. And so they're stopping by every kind of weird attractions or weird side show, roadside thing. And they're, they're stopped by this um, ch- chicken place, gas station, <laughs> horror museum place. And little do they know that, you know, it's run by psychopaths. And so when they get captured, it kind of, you know, when I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which, again, I saw that only a couple years ago for the first time. And I didn't realize how much that feels like a haunted house. And House of Thousand Corpses is a haunted house. It's basically these groups of kids are getting captured they are put in different rooms, and each room has like kind of a horror theme or haunted house theme, and and it, you know it's basically what what Texas Chainsaw Massacre did, and I liked it. I liked it, the, uh, that aspect. <clears throat> I rewatching it again, I didn't realize how much this feels like a Tarantino a wannabe. The script is very much a Tarantino esque, even. Even the opening scene where we get the robbing, you know, the, the gas station, that all that feels like something Tarantino. Maybe like from Dust Till Dawn or something like that? Yeah. Like a like a very cheap kind of B-movie, kind of like Grindhouse. I guess a Grindhouse version. Yes, definitely. I guess it's, it almost feels like uh, it could have been in uh, like a, a, a poor sequel to Grindhouse or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely could have been the third feature in that double feature grindhouse you, you definitely see why uh tarantino and rodriguez selected rob zombie for the um the zombie short or the zombie trailer for grindhouse that's probably the best zombie or the best trailer in in the grindhouse uh well machete right or, or, yeah well machete is actually good yeah right and but ss is it ss werewolf what is it called yeah ss something it's pretty SS awesome werewolves or yeah yeah it's, it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome and Zombie like Tarantino, like Robert Rodriguez, are, is a fan of those seventies grindhouse horror films, and it shows in this movie. And apparently, you know, like you were saying, Zombie is not a fan of this movie. He had a he had to fight hard. He had to do a lot of cuts. 
He was not pleased with it. He a lot of the movies just missing. Yeah. This movie fucking ends like five times. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, this is still an ending. I can't believe And I, I go, oh, I don't remember that ending. Because at a certain point, it ends like Bloody Valentine. You know, there's certain mm-hmm. characters. So you, you go, oh, this is weird. Why the fuck does this just happen right now? And then it ends again and again and again and again. And I'm like, okay, maybe they could cut some of these endings out, you know. And maybe that's my criticisms of it. But th- because of the dialogue, it does feel like it's beholden to, to Tarantino. And it does kind of almost feels like a reservoir. Reservoir dogs. And uh, certainly certainly in some of that, you know, hostage scenes when when Michael... Uh, Madsen is it's cutting the, the cop's ear off. Mm. The same kind of tracking shots. You know, those those shots are very similar to some of the scenes where we see uh, Bill Mosley for the first time as um, Otis. Uh, and also, the, you know, the dialogue it feels very throwback to, to, to that, all that stuff. Yeah. It, Definitely. I, you look, I, what do you think of what do you think of the legacy of this movie? You think this is holding up? You think people are, are going back? And I'm sure there's there's a yeah yeah. I mean, Zombie yeah, has, I mean, has they, a fan base for these movies, but are they really think, pointing this movie out, or are they pointing out Devil's Rejects more or something else more? I think I think all of them. I mean, well, I think definitely those two at least. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more than the rest of his filmography, I think those those two definitely are are the ones that are, are being celebrated the most. And I think, um, you know, I think I think the movie's doing well because it's you know it's like we mentioned it's the anniversary, but the movie was re-released in theaters, and I, I've seen pictures all over social media of people going to theaters like dressed like the characters and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, um, it seems it seems to have done you know well enough for a re-release for an anniversary really re-release, and um, you know they're they're also making more. Um, you know, action figures and re-releasing figures that were out of print or out of you know, you know, out of mold or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, it all seems to be selling well. So I think you know the the fan base is, is still there. Uh, they also made more Blu-ray uh, like limited edition collectors things, and I know those have been selling well. I I, I got that's how I, I guess contributed. I got the Blu-ray <laughs> limited editions of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, but um, yeah. I, I think the legacy is living on. And it's funny because the movie set during Halloween. You think this movie has become a kind of a Halloween staple? Are people yeah. going back to every Halloween to watch this movie? I think so, yeah. yeah it's so funny because like I, I was watching, just right now I was watching uh, Planet Terror, the Robert Rodriguez's portion of Grindhouse. Yeah, I rewatched that recently too. So yeah, I just watched maybe the first 30 or maybe forty minutes of it, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is also very good too." I mean, and, this, and that came yeah. out around the same time, and I forgot how Planet Terror was is really more a horror movie or a horror horror homage. Is you know, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes we forget that you know, it was, sometimes we label Rob Riggs as Robert Riggs as a kind of action director, but with Planet Terror, he's actually very good at that grindhouse horror stuff. I love it. Yeah, and he's really good. He's good in Planet Terror. Terror, I think, holds up. Uh, um, Maybe a little bit more, a lot. I'm a lot more. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, that's Rodriguez, right? Yeah. 
And Taz I think, Rodriguez, like at the prime of his career, you know, the, and this is like Rob Zombie's like first movie. <laughs> That's, yeah, true, true, true. But do you, do you think that maybe what is there a fandom around Planet Terror? I mean, there's. I def- think the, I think sadly the movie was always overlooked. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And that, it was never a box office success. And I don't think uh, people really discovered it. I think the way. Well, I, I personally love what Tarantino and Rodriguez did by releasing it as a double feature with trailers like in between. I think that whole thing really kind of screwed the movie over. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Because um, the movie was kind of like re-released like on on DVD and Blu-ray, but as like Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof. And then there's also the Grindhouse release. And I think the whole that whole situation just confused people. Confused people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we saw Planet. I think we and, saw Grindhouse in theaters. All of us, right? We saw Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. We also saw the Comic Con panel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but um, I think um, if Planet Terror and um, Death Proof, I think they should try to keep them separate. I think that way it's just easier for people. Yes, uh, especially and, now that Machete's like a, a, a full movie. <laughs> I think if Planet Terror and Death Proof were to somehow pop up on Netflix, they do really well. I hope so. I hope I hope people find. Or but I think there's rights. There's rights issues now. Oh, because Isn't of that, like, Weinstein's? Weinstein thing? Maybe, maybe. I have no clue. Oh, I'm wa- for me. I'm watching it on Tubi, which is a ad based a streaming service, and mm-hmm. they have Plantera. They have um, Death Proof. And I think you're right. There, I think they have both both in one one feature film. Um, yeah, well, I think I think they would put them on Netflix. I think Netflix is like a, it's a big streaming service, yeah. and it'll, it would people would I think a lot of people would probably discover it for the first time. Yeah, and and while rewatching it, I'm like, oh man, this makes a perfect Halloween little film. It's just so great. And no, Planetary definitely. Yeah, Planetary. Death Proof. Um, Death Proof is more like a grindhouse movie. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that's more yeah, like it's not really it's female, not really a horror movie. Yeah, female yeah. wild go go wild kind yeah, of movie. But Planet yeah. Terror is like a true Halloween movie. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I think you know Planet Terror and House of a Thousand Corpses they really lo- relaunched that. Um, in I, you could say this uh, uh, well, because of Eli Roth, but all these people, all these filmmakers, relaunched this grindhouse uh, horror that happened during the th- early two thousands, maybe even beyond maybe two it went into 2010s but did it it didn't it got played out right this grand house horror got really played out and i think yeah i guess so i think i mean people started to do it badly that's yeah. the thing uh i think a lot of times there's a there was a lot of cheap looking movies and they just said well it's a grindhouse you know so but put a little bit of effort you know <laughs> even even if it has a grindhouse label you could put a little bit of effort in it and make it really cool and fine. Um, what's the legacy of House of the Thousand Corpses for you, Raymond? Um, it's pretty good. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's one one of my go-to horror movies. You're going to continue watching this every Halloween? Yeah. Okay. And what's your favorite Rob Zombie movie so far? I mean, it's that's tough. I mean, I mean, this is up there. Uh, definitely Devil's Reject is up there. Um, 31 is great. Uh, I love I love Lords of Salem. Out of those four, I guess. No monsters. Does it, no. <laughs> doesn't make the list. No. <laughs> All right. So that was our thoughts on House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, a really kind of fun look back at how uh, how grindhouse horror took over Hollywood. 
because of guys like Rob Zombie, because of guys like Eli Roth, and even uh, guys like Tarantino and Rodriguez. And it was a fun little time. Uh, I guess that's it for this episode. A, a fun little talk about some horror movies we just recently seen in in streaming on streaming. Plus that Jamie Fox movie. <laughs> and plus that Jamie Fox movie, The Burial, which is sounds like a horror movie, but it's not. <laughs> uh yeah, all right. Thanks everyone. We gotta go. Um have fun everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>